0: Hi and welcome to Not For Nothing. My name is Kyle Leon Henderson and today's episode is actually a really really interesting one to me. I hope it's as interesting to you. Um, I know that it was very cathartic to record and it was very cathartic to edit just now. Um, I have been exploring grief for uh the last couple of episodes and I got a couple more coming to explore grief but today's episode is with my mother who my father just died so it's with my mother who just lost her husband and um with my mother's sister my aunt Sandra who is that aunt um everybody has that aunt and everybody knows who that aunt is and if you don't know what I'm talking about you'll definitely know after this episode, but we discuss in this episode some pretty interesting things. Um, we it it funerals just bring up old memories and sometimes bring up old grievances and old family issues that just kind of sit dormant until another family issue comes up and brings them out into the open. And that's a little bit of what this episode was. So um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, but mostly, what we come to in this episode is we realize we have discovered through the many losses that my family has experienced that it is important to have a grief partner. Um, we did we kind of coined that term ourselves. My aunt, my mother, and I, and. We discuss it about what it means to have that person who you can lean into in your moments of grief and kind of help you to get through it and let them be the strong one. So, without further ado, here's my mom, my aunt, and me back in October as I'm planning to go back to California after a month in Alabama. Hey everybody, welcome to Not For Nothing, I'm of course Kyle Leon Henderson and we are doing a series of episodes about grief because as I told everyone, um, my dad passed away and I've been sort of in a grief space lately and I thought it would be good just like I did with therapy to talk to my people about what it's like to just be in a space of grief because it's... It's kind of all encompassing and it's kind of surprising all the time. So, today I have two very special people. One, a friend of the show, my mother, Wanda Henderson, and my favorite aunt in all the world, Sandra Spiegel, Sandra Davis Spiegel. Hey. Hey. Hi, Mom. Hello. <laughs> well, and I have to, you know, have a disclaimer on this episode because. As is the nature with grief that I've found so far, um, the the sad days and the down days and the ang- the days that are full of anxiety come come on you on a surprise. You wake up today and you you realize, oh, today's one of the anxious days. Okay, so that's what we're gonna do. And today, Mom and I both have woken up in an anxious day. So this recording was on the calendar, so we're just gonna go with it and we're gonna do an episode in our anxious state. Right. <laughs> Well, a little bit of backstory about you, Aunt Sandra, is you and mom both have been through a lot when it comes to death. Um, you both lost your mother at an early age, in your early 20s. You were both in your early 20s when your mom passed away of cancer. And you've all you've since... You were 19. 19. Um, Soon to be 20, but yeah. 19. Um, and... Uh, yeah, you've lost your, parent, your dad, and you have actually lost a son. So that's probably a, a grief that is unlike any other all in itself. It is. Grief with a child is <clears throat> totally, totally
1: different than grief with a parent, um, especially when you watch them suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, we watch both of our parents suffer. Uh, me and Wanda took care of mom, mother. We called her mama then. But <clears throat> we watched her go from a, a nice, big, healthy woman to absolutely probably 75 or 80 pounds. And when you watch somebody do that, it's really hard. Although you're never prepared, you don't want them to suffer. As far as the spouse, I've never lost a spouse. And I'll, I'll tell you, I was closer to my mama than I was my daddy. Mm-hmm. We never seen eye to eye on a lot of things, which is understandable, seeing as I run away and got married when I was 16. But when you lose a child, that's a, a part of you. You made that child. You know, when, it, when it's really sudden and somebody comes knocking on your door, you know, you're, like, in shock. You don't. I was like, how am I going to live without him? How I, I've got two other children, but how am I going to live without him? He was my firstborn. We kind of grew up together, you know. And that's totally different. And grief, there's no time limit you mourn, you grieve, you have
0: I still have days. Mm-hmm. And you know, on birthdays That was going to be my a question. Are you do you feel like cuz it was 1994 when Derek died. Do you feel like you're still in a grief space for him or do I, you or do you feel like it's become something that you hold on to, kind of like losing a limb. Like our, our, my grandpa, your dad, lost a limb, so it's just something that becomes part of who you are. You only have one leg. Is losing a child like that, or do you feel like you're still in that space of grief because you just won't ever leave that space?
1: Well, it gets better as time goes on. You just learn. You learn to live without them. That's the thing. You have to, time heals, and if you lean on God and you have family with you, they time is the only thing that will help you heal, although when there's anniversaries, birthdays, mm-hmm. any special days that you have had together, it, it makes it hard, and some days I do good on the, like birthdays and holidays, and some days I don't. But now, as far as a spouse, I am divorced, and but I've never lost a spouse. So I'll turn that one Ever over Ever wanted to? My... to. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't wish death upon nobody, but... Exactly. Well, you know... <laughs> you know? Exactly. I, I, know. <laughs> I, I, I was... I had... T- took and took and took until I just couldn't mm-hmm. take any more, and I finally called it quits. You know, right. I tried to wake yeah. it, make it work for years, and mm-hmm. it's kind of like a death when you lose a spouse like that, mm-hmm. but not really because you know they're still there. You know, you know and like... <laughs> and sometimes
0: they pop uh, up when you don't uh, want to. <laughs> exactly.
1: A lot of people want to see them, and a lot of people don't. But having said that, I know my sister, Wanda, mm-hmm. and Larry was... They had a very good marriage, and I... I Nah, I'm not saying all marriages are rocky. You have you have times when you don't get along or arguments, but they've always been there and loved each other. So, having said that, I'll let sis <laughs> put her input
2: on that. Well, <clears throat> marriage is just like anything else. If you want to work, you got to work at it. And both of you got to be willing to work at it. And we were both willing to work at it because we took our marriage vows seriously. Not saying we didn't argue; we had some doozies, but we got over it and we made it forty-four years.
0: Yeah. Well, since you—I mean, yeah, I got you talking about it—and you've been through—I guess it's almost thirty years since since you lost Derek twenty twenty twenty-four. Be thirty years. How did how did grief show up? In your life, like I like I said at the top of the show, I, um, I you know, I felt today I just woke up and I'm not really specifically thinking about dad, but I'm just anxious. Everything anybody says just kind of, you know, sends a shiver of anxiety up my spine a little bit. How did it show up to you? What did it look like in your in the early days of your grief?
1: Well, you say you don't really think it was about your dad. But I subconsciously, it probably is. Um, but it would, there's no time that it would like, I could be driving and hear a song, and I'd have to pull over, you know, I'd just lose it. Um, uh, any I'd,
0: songs in particular that you remember? Well, or is is that too personal? No,
1: uh, Farther Alone was one of them. Uh, God, show, God Shall God show wipe away all tears was another one, and of course Vince Gill, go rest high, uh, oh, yeah. the father and the son. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's just songs like that would really get to me. But I could be at work and it would just hit me out of like nowhere. It, mm-hmm. it you never know when the it's gonna hit, and when it does, my therapist told me I did go to therapy. And I went to group therapy, and uh, she told me, "I don't care where you are. Do not ever try to hold back what you're feeling in your inside. If you if you need to cry, you cry. Don't
0: worry about what other people think about you." So, that's that's good advice because I've I've yet to go back to California. I leave day after tomorrow uh, to go back to my actual life where that I live day to day and. I don't know, it's probably going to be totally different than just hanging out with mom and my favorite aunt and my niece and nephew and, you know, just having all your family around you. It's Mm going to
1: be totally different and it's going to be different for sis too. And I'm, you know, he was in the hospital, so I'll let her take that one up.
0: (laughs) Well, what about you? What, how has grief shown up in your life so far as the spouse?
2: Well, he was in the hospital almost two months, and I did a lot of grieving then. I mean, real deep grieving, thinking he might not come back home. So I did a lot of my grieving then. And then when I brought him home, I watched him day by day. And in the last week of his life, I watched him go down. And we were all there with him on his very last day. And I don't think I have grieved I don't know what the word is, not like I should. It's hitting me very slowly, and it will probably hit me when everybody's gone and <clears throat> the house is totally quiet again. But in a sense, it'll be like it was when he was in the hospital. So I don't know how it's going to hit me.
0: Yeah, I something I would said was... Um, we we because you were there ain't sandra the night that he died we were all i mean most all the family was there with him when he died um and i think that i mean i like to it gives me a lot of comfort to think that that might have given him comfort to know that we were all there but um the last 12 hours were pretty i mean it. you can google it google hospice what happens in the last 12 hours when somebody's in the last moments of their life I don't want to go into it on this show but it the sounds and the the you know the the way that their body looks and their facial expressions it you can tell that it, it can be pretty excruciating and I think for me for the first week and a half at least I saw how he was in the end in those last 12 hours and it was relief a lot of relief that he wasn't in a space of suffering anymore, and I was, and, and, you know, and I had had the opportunity to say everything that I wanted to say, and, you know, I was holding his hand when he died, and so a lot of it was relief for the first week and a half, and then after the second week got to a close, that's when I started feeling just, like, anxious and sad and depressed, but also, I'm here in the house, you know, I haven't left the house, I haven't gone out into the world, really, so...
2: Well, the last 12 hours of his life, I think he did know that his family was there, and he knew that every one of us loved him, everybody that was here, including my sister, including some good friends that had helped with him through the last two weeks of his life. And they were all here, and the preacher was here. So he knew that he was loved, and he knew how much that I loved him because I told him over and over, and he'd hold his hand, and he would look at me in my eyes and try to mouth, and I think he was trying to say, I love you. And when he took his last breath, it was like a relief for me because I've been taking care of him for the last 11 years, right? 11 years? Mm -hmm. The last 11 years, I stood right by him and took care of him. Just took care of him, and this last time... It was where I had to have help And Sandra, my sister And Kyle's son was here Helping turn him Helping change his bed sheets And all that That had to be done And I couldn't do it alone And I had some good friends Plus my family that helped me
0: I'm wondering um, About you specifically, Aunt Sandra Because I mentioned this on um, An episode with Sarah uh, a couple of episodes or whatever back, um, I'd read my I read the journal entry that I'd written uh, about three days before he died. Um, so I mean, the I what I'm trying to get at is my relationship in that last week with Dad changed. It it became something different than what I'd had my experience with him all along. I guess what I'm trying to say is. You knew, Dad, you worked with him uh, uh, in a factory that y'all worked in, um, I guess, 10 years that you worked together, at uh, least?
1: Le- yeah, close to 11 years together. Mm-hmm.
0: In that taking care of him and stuff, because you helped take care of him a lot, especially in that last week, um, did anything, did you see any kind of developing like tenderness or any change or shift in your relationship with dad in that space where you had to be so pastorally caring for him and everything? I did. Uh, you know, I was not
1: always here uh, helping take care of him, but Larry was always in Wanda. If I needed anything, that's how much we loved each other. Mm-hmm. I know he loved me, and I loved him just like he was my brother. And if I needed anything, he was always there. Didn't matter what. And, you know, the last week, I know it's hard on the family, but I tried to make it as comfortable. Yes, I was more loving and tender. Like, is, is tenderness... That's a, I don't know how to say that. It, I guess it goes deeper into the heart. You know what I'm saying? You're, you You. know they don't have, Uh. you know, they're going downhill. They don't have as good a quality of life, so I try to joke around with him. Yeah. And we did joke a lot the last week. Yeah. We had some good laughs. Like he knew right up until the end. Because when I had his hand, and I promised Wanda I wouldn't let him take his last breath without the family being in there and when I thought he was fixing to I was sitting with him and I yelled Wanda mm-hmm. and I think Kathy maybe said now Wanda and, <clears throat> but I was holding his hand and like she said he was trying but my love for him did go deeper in the heart and because of you know you you uh, look back on all the things that he's done for you, or they both did for me. <clears throat> but even times that he didn't feel like getting up and going, he would get up and go to Lowe's if I needed something, mm-hmm. a, a lawnmower, a refrigerator, whatever yeah. it may be. But yes, in the last week, uh, it it get, it goes deeper, and the tenderness and the, the heartfelt love goes way, way deeper than... You could ever
0: imagine mm-hmm.
1: and it did for me and you know you can't imagine that until you go through it
0: mm-hmm. yeah I think doing because that was the first time I'd ever been because I was here for the full last week of his life and I'd never had the opportunity to take care of someone like that in a way that that was, you know, that you just had to do everything you could to make them comfortable and you had to help them to continue to eat and you had to change their bed linens and all this stuff with them and stuff. Um I've never done that and I was very cognizant of the fact that you really want them to feel like who they are and not a burden. And and I and I realized it how easily it could be to make someone feel like a burden like that. If, you know, because, you know, it's heavy to to help get a person in and out of bed and it's, you know, it's it's physically taxing on the people who are doing it. And, you know, I just it it was it touched me to be able to just do all that I could to make him feel as strong as he was because I think strength is what I remember most about him. I mean, you can speak on the the physical taxing nature of taking care of someone.
2: Well, he was very strong. I've seen him get up. Like Sandra said, he wasn't able to put one foot in front of the other, and I've seen him get up and go to work when I knew he didn't feel like even getting out of bed. That's how strong he was. But he was a working person. And the last, when I brought him home, there was never a, I don't say crossword, but never a, The words said that made him feel like he was a burden to me because I didn't want him to feel that way. And I think I have no regrets whatsoever taking care of him the last 11 years. And I think I took care of him the best I could and as much as I possibly could. And it was a comfort for me to know that you were here, Sandra was here, Jane was here, Kay was here, and I could call Sandra it didn't matter what time of night say sandra i need you and she'd be right down here and so some of the others like wesley and some of the others kathy and danny some of them i could say i need y'all i need your help and they'd
0: be and, right here and wesley being danny y'all's brother's son and kathy you had mentioned kathy earlier that was danny's wife and Kathy and Wes are both nurses, and, and Kay, she's, she's a, fri- a family friend who's become even deeper of a family friend now through all this process. And Jane, she's the one who introduced y'all, right?
2: Right. She introduced us. She always joked, want to not know if I wanted to kill her or him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, until you said you took care of him for so long, I remember a doctor kind of, you, were, you were you told me the story one time you were at the doctors and they had seen the list of medicines that he was on and they asked dad something about it and he said I don't know she's the one who gives me all the medicine and he said good lord if she wanted you dead you'd be dead right now cuz she just hands you a handful of pills and you just take them
2: <laughs> that was dr markle he said yeah he said it's a good thing she loves you cuz he could give you poison you would never know it but I would have never done that
0: <laughs> Well I mean that's just the nature of 44 years of marriage and full trust He trusted you fully Do you think that the 11 years Because in 2009 that's, that's when things started um, That's when he started having health issues Really It was in 2009 when he got colon cancer And before then I remember We would go on family vacations You've always had bad knees and bad back That's all I remember
2: well, I've always had it because I played softball and then I played ball in college and I mean I had a bad knee when I started playing ball in college and then I had surgery and kept limping and gimping around till I retired from teaching school before I had one fix and the other one needs fixing now, so with the coronavirus I don't know when that'll be.
0: Well, the other night I was sitting with Granny Davis, who is y'all's stepmother. Um, and she was, and she brought up something for me that just sort of took me right back into that sad space and that, whatever she she said, you've got such good memories with them and I'm so glad you're here. And she said, I, I just remember your family vacations. You always took a family vacation. And I, and I hadn't really thought about that on this trip and being here in this time. And it, it really did. I was like, we really did take a vacation every year. And that is something that was just on the calendar, a memory to make, and what I was saying that in 2009, he, that's when his physicality started to change. Because I remember we would go on family vacations, and he would just be, what you say, pee rolling up through there when we would walk somewhere, and you would hobble along. And he could just, I mean, he was always just strength. He could run he could run anywhere, do anything. He, His body seemed to be like, seems to be that it could have taken anything up until that point. And then at 2009, he got colon cancer, which he got they took care of it and he you know went into remission and all that um but from that point to now you took care of him do you do you think that has made your grief process different than it would have been had it been a sudden sudden thing or whatever
2: oh yes i do think it made my grief i don't know i guess like his health it was slowly every year it was something and every year I could see a difference. And so I think my grief has been slowly coming on before, even before his death. And then I think that's why I'm not where everybody else is right now, that I think it will hit me harder later because I think it's still coming on slowly. And so that's why I, I just think I will... Have breakdowns like you and Megan and Sandra and everybody else has already had, and I haven't had just a total where I'm crying all the way to my heart, but I think that will come.
0: Yeah, mine was with a glass of wine, so that probably helps. Get a little tipsy, get it deep down in there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I, something that struck me too, and, and I think both of y'all can speak on this, was I've never been with someone when they died. I've never been with someone when they were taking their last breath um, because with Pawpaw, you know, like like with, with Derek, you know, it was just it was something I was told about. And then I went to go see him and he, he had already, you know, he was passed. And with Pawpaw, they said he's gone. And with Granny Henderson, dad's mom, they, she was gone. I wasn't there. So I had my last memory of them alive. And then I go and I see them and they're gone. And that's the first time that I've been with someone and watched them because he had, he and I had spoken to one another earlier that day. And so that's, that's been sort of jarring to wrap my head around of how we were having conversations. And then I literally watched him fade into another space. Um, so I think that, really has made it hard for me to wrap my head around it sometimes, too, to, to grasp that it's real, you know?
1: It's hard when they know <clears throat> because he knew, and he knew right up into the last breath he took mm-hmm. because he kept trying to tell Wanda, and he finally got it out. He called her Maul while mm-hmm. I was sitting
0: there. That was his nickname that for was, her.
1: That's what he called her, Maul. And he was trying to tell her he loved her. Mm-hmm. And... I heard it when it came out. Yeah, uh, and I think she did too. Mm-hmm. Although it was like a breath that came out, it was in that breath because, you know, I think he might have had a mini stroke a day or so before that. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, you can ask her, but I think I think that he knew right up until the last minute. Like she said, everybody was around him, and he was trying to get that out. And it's hard to watch them, especially when they're struggling so hard to breathe and so hard to talk, and it's just, you know, some of the, like you said, some of the sounds they make, it lingers and lingers in it, and only time will make that go away. Only time. Yeah,
0: because you had that with both both of your parents. That's exactly
1: how our mother died. mm Mm-hmm. So, And it's it's really hard
2: Yes that's where our mother died And we did watch her take her last breath We wasn't there holding her hand Like we were with Larry But we were in the room With her and she would I think she was saying her goodbyes With her eyes We were all in there and she would look at each one of us And just look like Okay it's my time I love you Go to the next one it's my time And go to the next Me and Larry She would go to each one back and forth until she died. And with Larry, I was in there with him, and I can see it in his eyes, and it was a struggle for him to get anything out, but he did get it out because we were sitting there telling him, you know, it's okay if you're hurting too bad. It's okay to let go. I told him that it's okay to let go if you're hurting so bad you can't stand it. And he finally did get out that I mean he had told me earlier in the day that he loved me, and I could understand plain. But he finally did get it out there at the end before he died, like Sandra said, a breath. But I understood it.
0: Well, and something I hold on to, um, dad's side of the family, the Lewises that we that's just that side of the family it's there's no reason to explain how we how who they how who they are or anything but that side of the family is pretty i mean it's just riddled with dementia and, and alzheimer's and everybody everybody responds to having that disease differently and so and we've got family who they kept their faculties and they could walk and they could talk and they could feed themselves and go to the bathroom for a long long while but they would quickly forget who people were. And for dad, it seems like that was just the opposite. His faculties kept failing him over and over until all of them had failed him, but he knew who we were till the end. And that's, that to me is a blessing to just, because that, that just seems so sad and scary to die with a bunch of people around you that you don't know who they are or just not have your family that you know around you. So I'm glad that he was able to know who we all were. I saw him laughing with you. I think you probably were the last person to make him laugh on this earth. So <laughs> I think I was. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: mean, she could always do that. He always <laughs> joked with her, always. But she, he counted on her making him laugh, I think.
0: Yeah, and he counted on Jane to make him mad.
2: Yeah, him and Jane argued, just like brother and sister.
0: Well, because we live in Bug Tussle, so they were our cousins, everybody on this mountain's cousins. You might want to go. If you've got to find a date for Friday night, you might want to head off the mountain.
2: <laughs> yeah, you got to get off of this mountain to see any other action besides stealing and <laughs> running from the cops and all that. you got to get off the mountain to see any other kind of action.
1: <laughs> That's true.
2: I live on the same kind of mountain.
0: You move from one mountain to the other, don't you?
1: Out of the frying pan into the fire. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, so if you will, speak on a little bit about the nature of your mother versus this, because you you said that you weren't you weren't holding your mom's hand when she took her last breath. But the difference was, Dad took a turn to where he was bedridden. For maybe, I guess, a week and a half. And she had been in the bed for eight, for what, six months?
2: Six months. The last six months of her life, she had been in bed, in and out of the hospital. And she was in the hospital when she died. And plus, she had oxygen on her. So she, we don't know if she could say anything or not.
1: Until you go through it, you don't know. You don't know. Uh, and I've always told people, don't judge me unless you have walked in my shoes. Yeah. You know, I've lost a mama, I've lost a daddy, and I've lost a child. Unlike sis, I have not lost a spouse.
0: Well, and I don't know if this... It, it, it's all different. hmm I don't know if this... And this is just an opportunity for me to say, like, just how much I admire you because... um when you know because you you're like me you're a little goofy I am <laughs> and you know and you you live out loud you live your life out loud in a way and and I mean and I say that like me because I think I get a lot of my strength in just being different from you from you know from being around nature versus nurture I think I get a lot of it from you because I mean my my story everybody on the show my listeners know my story and how I'm different from the world I grew up in and everything but you are too because and some of that does come from you know becoming an adult very early you had obey a, ba- a child very early and then that child died and you you've had to work hard your whole life and I just wanted to tell you that I admire you for just living out loud because you know some of the pain that you've endured you know if you were to go in you might not come back out you know You, you live in, you live out here out loud and we get to have every bit of you for good and for bad and for ugly and for silly, we get it all. And that's, that's, I think that's the healthiest way to deal with a lot of pain. And, and, you know, and I think like you said, you know, dad was your brother-in-law, but, and so it, it isn't the mother, the father, the child, the husband, the father, you know, that kind of thing. But that's a deep grief too. It is.
1: <clears throat> it is.
2: <clears throat> and I think Larry and Sandra's relationship was as strong and deep as you can have with a brother and sister-in-law.
1: It was. I have never felt that way. And I i mean, you know, as close to anybody because he, he knew a lot of what I'd been through, which, you know, a lot of the choices was mine. I made bad choices in life. I got married young. I had kids young, but that don't mean I didn't try.
0: And to me, if you're not, if you haven't made bad choices in your life, then you're not living a full life. That's my that you're not. If you've been that cautious and that calculated your whole life to not have ever made a bad decision, you've not made you've not lived a full life. So, you know, when you if you go to group
1: therapy, you'll find out that you're not alone. You're not like when Derek died. I'm like, you know, I felt like I was the only person in the world that had lost a child. Even if you miscarry, it's hard. Mm-hmm. And Sis can tell you about that. She lost one, and it's very hard. So, but everybody does grief and. You know, well, how I had two kids to take care of, so how? But how am I going to take care of them? I can't live without him, you know. But when I went to group therapy, I figured out I was not alone. There's a lot of people in this world that have lost and are now losing babies to cancer and all kind of stuff. You know, you're not alone. And there's books
0: to read. I did that. I reached out to my friend Mandy, a friend of the show. Uh, she's a book nerd by, you know, she, she, that's her whole thing. She's got a book blog. She writes it. And I said, I need, I need some real world books, books on real world way to help. And I said, and I told her, I said, not this pray to Jesus stuff. I said, I know that, you know, my faith is very deep and meaningful to me, but also I need something that's rooted in the real world, rooted in real practice. What can I do when I wake up in the morning? to help me get through this. You know, physically. So she and she was she was able to do that. So I think studying and going to therapy, I've been in therapy this year.
1: Well, that's one thing I learned in therapy. One day at a time. And she said if you can't take it one day at a time, you take it an hour at a time. If you can't do if you don't think you can do an hour, do a minute. Just when you get up that morning, try to be you know, just a little bit at a time. Don't rush yourself. Everybody grieves in different ways, and there is absolutely no time frame for child, mother, father, husband, whatsoever it may be. There's no time frame, so don't let people
0: rush you. Right, and I I am the first of my friend group, really, to to lose a parent, Um, and I I think I'm a little bit younger than most people lose parents, Um, but that's... (laughs) It's hard for me to say in this group, because y'all
2: are... Yes, and I would like to say that people, after you after Sandra's son died, and after my husband died, people come up and say, I know how you feel, I know how you feel. Well, they don't, unless they have walked in those shoes, they don't know how you feel. And then, here you've got others that, you know, you're grieving and this and that and the other, but... You know their story's always worse than yours, a little bit worse.
0: Preach it, sister. Well, that's you know, exactly right. And you want to know something, um, Carrie, who I'm hoping to have on the show, and you know soon, she was telling us the other day. We were just, you know, we were talking about the grief space and all that, and she did. She nearly, she nearly lost her son to heat stroke, and she was taking me moment by moment through that process of what what she was feeling. She was pretty articulate about what it feels to lo- to be that desperate to help save your son and not and that and just in that moment it, it was all I could think about was you. I mean, thank God that Tanner made it through and you know, he had good doctors and God was watching cuz I mean, there was things that just were unexplainable that Tanner lived through all that. But just the desperation of everything. And, and I think it's because I was in first grade when Derek died. I just knew that my favorite cousin wasn't there anymore. And it was sad, but it was, I didn't have the means to really articulate and really think about everything that goes into losing a family member that close, but also to losing a son. And it just like my grief for you just washed over me when Carrie was talking about how it feels to lose a son. And I just, I thought, my God, how did Sandra do it? Like, how do you, I mean, I, cause I don't have kids, so I don't even pretend to think I could fully comprehend just how painful that could be, but just not having kids and not having, you know, whatever, just no, but I do have a very, very, very deep capacity for empathy for other people. I think, everybody knows that that i I feel the pain of a lot of people pretty deeply um but yeah, the empathy was pretty heavy for you that night listening to that just because I was thinking how did you do it how do you how do you not just go to bed and never come out? Well,
1: Dwight Edwards told me, and so did did not he our cousin? His, oh. his, his wife was a Davis, yes. But he told me, uh, and so did group therapy, my therapist. She said when somebody, someone that close dies, it can either tear a family apart or it bring them closer together. Yeah. And I found that out in group therapy that so many people, it had just ripped their families apart. Mm-hmm. Divorce. You know, which yeah. mine come later, yeah. but divorce and like their kids. You know, if they have other children, they mm-hmm. they they start retaliating. Uh, they're grieving in a different way than you are because that's their sibling, not their child. Yeah, it's true. It's it's true. You it's different. And, and mine thought, well, I wasn't there enough for them. But my grief was different, and now they understand more now because they're older.
0: And did you think that their grief or did their understanding of what you were going through changed as they were having their own children?
1: I think it did.
0: Because you just don't know. You cannot know how much you love somebody. Like, I can't fathom... The love that a parent has for a child, because I don't have any children. And I have right. a cat, and I hate people who think that pets are the same. It's not. That's an animal. <laughs> so. Well, when Daniel, when
1: Daniel and Amanda had, my son, Daniel, mm-hmm. when they had Taylor, you know, she was in the hospital oh, yeah. for she a long was, time. She
0: had a lot of health problems. And we onset. didn't
1: know if she was going to make it
0: or not. I remember, because I remember, that's one of those, you know, those memories that's burned into your brain. Right. When I saw you. I mean, and now you know how you. It, I, and thankfully, I'm glad that it did get burned into my brain because I didn't know what I was looking at. And now that it's there, I can look at it again and realize what you were thinking. Right. A little bit when because cause when I saw you get that phone call that she might not make it, right. I was watching that and I was like, "Well, that's that does suck that she might not make it. That's so sad." And I'm like, looking at that picture now, I'm like, "That wasn't all it was. Damn. That wasn't. It wasn't just that I might lose a grandchild tonight. It was." so much more
1: right everything else comes washing back over mm-hmm. you. you know oh my god you know I've already lost a child please don't let me lose a grandchild yeah. you know you just <clears throat> and grief is I mean you you mourn and you grieve and you hurt for your children when they hurt you hurt mm-hmm. you know you in y'all lost a dad yeah there was this is not only mourning and she will. Mm-hmm. The time will come. Um, like she said, it's coming to her slower. Yeah. But, you know, she will hurt not only for herself but for her children well, and, and grandchildren.
0: I, I. Well, now that she went to the bathroom, so I'll go ahead and say this: there was, there was some pain, for me, and I, I hate that it came up this way, but just me being different, me being gay. Right. It was painful for me. That Megan was able to turn to Chad and hug him the moment Dad died, and, and you didn't have and yours here with you. And it, and it wasn't that he wouldn't have been. It wasn't that he wouldn't have been here. And it wasn't. It's not all those like he's not welcome. He just I needed him to stay back in California and keep keep life together there. Yeah, you know we couldn't just leave California. Both of <laughs> us get out of there and come here and just stay here. I mean because he had to stay there so I could come here, and that was painful for me. And like the next morning or the morning of the viewing, because in in the South, I don't know, people have different traditions by their faith, by this and that in the South, in the Christian faith, we do a viewing the night before usually or so. um, So that people can come and see and give their condolences because funerals are usually midday. And so some people can't get off work. So the funerals at night and then the next day, midday, they do the funeral. And, The day of the viewing, I just, I couldn't figure out why I was so sad. Like I was, I was, I was angry with Chad, my brother-in-law, and I couldn't figure out, I couldn't figure out why I was angry with him. And he's a lot like dad. And I don't know if it, you know, it was, that probably didn't help, but then it's like, you're my sister's person and I'm, my person's not here right now at this moment, which he was, but it was just like, it was all frenetic. Um, you know, so, and mom was, and that, what I get to that is you said you hurt for your children. I could see how much my grief and all of that. And just like everything that you've ever been sad about comes washing through. Right. I could see how much that was hurting her. And I felt such guilt. Cause I'm like, why am I feeling this right now? Because this is not what my mother needs, wow. you know? And it's like, I, it just, it almost became too much in that moment, you know. So, and luckily, you know, we and I had to think about, you know, the, the 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 space we live. We live in a very conservative Christian, well, we I live in California. I live in Los Angeles. I can do what I want. But I'm here, you know, in in Tussle, Alabama. Things are a lot different. Things here, are different right. and I needed my person and my, you know, we finally my mom, she just kind of mom, she just my mom like you don't know her. Mom just kind of threw the wrench in. She's like, Ethan should be sitting next to you at the funeral. And I didn't want that, per se, because I didn't want to tarnish the legacy of my father in the fact that perhaps that might be all that people are talking about. Kyle's sitting next to a guy on the front row, whatever. And so Ethan wound up sitting with you and and, you know, with my cousin and everything on the back row, and that meant a lot to me. But... Well, my plan was for him
1: to him and Leon to sit with you know me and Jane, yeah, but that didn't work out, but Jane <laughs> was with him, so that yeah. was okay i mean she un- she's she's like me, she's not
0: well, i say she is She's i don't never think she is to me. I love her, but i don't she's but knowing you the way that I do, she does not have and and this is not a dig at her, I love her because cause I could say this about any number of people in my family and friend circle here in Alabama, she does not have that part of her heart that you've got, that you do not judge a soul. You really super do not judge a soul, and all you are is love. And that um, is I love everybody. That even. is something that I, I, you know, I will take that to my grave knowing for sure that you are the person who just has this deep well of compassion and empathy and love for everybody. And if there's something that you don't agree with, you just let it go. And how people live their life, that's not for me to
1: judge. We have a higher up that does that for us.
2: Exactly. You know,
1: and and if, like you said, you needed your partner with you, I'd have been okay with that because guess what? Who was sitting in my spot at our daddy's funeral?
0: Well, that goes back to um, it wasn't me. I that mean, goes back <laughs> to something that I'm not. I'm not gonna get into. But you said you were talking about grief either brings you close together or it rips you apart. Right. We have seen both. Like right. I have. Di- like, <sighs> not that you and I personally, and I and I'd like to hear about the two of y'all too. Um, on this subject, but not that you and I needed to be any closer or whatever, you know, but I feel so much deeper and closer love with you because of what I went through with dad, with you right now. Like it brought me closer to you and it brought me and Megan closer. And so we've been through that bond of bringing us closer forevermore. And then we've been through that bond through that experience where it just ripped us apart and there we're never going to get back to what we were. Um I mean our family's gone through it. I did my part. I tried everything I could to put the put things back where they should be and well, all you it was can do nothing. is try. So, I mean, we know. We know the 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 pain and the hurt and the joy and the love of both sides of that coin. Yeah. So, that's true. But what about y'all? You, I guess I can go to you about this. Do you feel like your relationship with your sister has changed through all this?
2: Well, me and my sister's always had a close bond. I mean, she's been my best friend since we... Well, since she got married, even when she got married, she's been my best friend, because I tell her everything. A lot of people think they know everything about me, but they don't. She does.
1: I do. I know everything. (laughs) And she knows everything about me. But I have not told a lot of people but her, so... But I don't know if it brought us closer together,
0: or, or is or is your He's bond just a, really just one of those that could never be closer? Just there's I, I, no there is no there's not enough room between you for the Holy Spirit. Y'all are that close. I, I
2: believe that. I also believe it. That I mean, we've just always been close, and I know when she don't want to talk. She knows when I don't want to talk. So we just let it be, and it don't bother either one of us. Derek's birthday, the week of his birthday, I don't call her. If she wants to talk, she calls me. And that'll probably be a way, the way it is when Larry's birthday rolls around. She'll know if I want to talk or not.
0: Yeah, it's rolling. Around. it'll be here in a couple of weeks. His 72nd. What would have been a 72nd birthday?
1: Right. Wow.
2: And as far as tearing us apart, yes, I've seen it both ways. When our mother died, then our dad got married again within six months. I had a lot of resentment then. And then when dad died, our dad died, we, I don't know.
0: Keyword: our dad.
2: Yes, our dad. That's why I went back. He had
1: four children, five counting Read and
2: Ann, which mm. passed away at, and uh, as a baby. Yeah. We were made feel like we were not his kids, and we didn't grow up in that house, but we did. Well, I'm not going to go into detail, but, I mean, we were just made feel like, he only had one kid, and that's why I still feel today. And you know, they've been told, he's been told, but it goes right over his head, I think.
0: Well, and and I'll speak on that too. I, I was kind of vague. I said I've done my part. What I did, there was one person in particular who, who I just, who we all just. Well, I'll say we all at this table because we've talked about it. I'm not going to speak for anybody else, but I can speak for you two right now because you're here to say no. That's not correct. It was just it. It felt like an abandonment of the whole family in that moment. And I wrote a letter. I wrote a letter saying everything I needed to say. And I have yet to get a response to it. So, but that was part of. My, I mean, and I realize now, writing a letter nine months, nine years later after Dad, Papa died, that was part of my grief process for Papa. Yeah. And and not only that, I think I was grieving. That part of that, that relationship that was severed after the funeral that I now realize was severed. I grieved mm-hmm. that relationship for a long time because it was, so, it meant so much to me. And when we buried Paul, we buried that relationship. We did. So, I mean, and that, that's what I realize now. And you I, can, I, w- I would love to, I'd love to dig it up. I'd love to dig it up and, you know,
1: revive. If people could turn back time. How many people would say, well, I would change this or I would do this different? If I could turn back time, I'm not sure that I wouldn't walk up and say, hey, you're in my spot. Exactly. (laughs) You know, if I had to do it over with again, but then I'm not sure if I would because it wasn't about me. This was my, our daddy. Mm -hmm. You know, this was his funeral. It, it, it wasn't about me, but I felt so, well, I don't know the word for it, but like outcast. Like I was just, yeah. I wasn't even part of the family at that time. And I was so hurt. And I was apologized too, but I felt like that p- apology was not heartfelt. Well,
0: I mean, we grew up in a world where you know that when you do something wrong, you apologize for it. And you know that apology was was given but and that's something i'm i'm dealing with in in some ways that again i will never talk about this on the show in depth because this is mine and mine alone but um i had some hurt feelings just after dad died with some people in my friend circle i'll say that and that's all and they've apologized and i didn't accept because i said i'm i know you're not hearing I know you don't know what you're you don't even know what you're apologizing for. You are apologizing for the act, but I need to know that you know what that act actually did to me and you're not ready to hear that. So,
1: well people can apologize and you can forgive, <clears throat> but forgetting That's is hard. A hard. It's hard.
2: That's something else forgetting what happened. And even when my husband your dad died, uh, something happened, it just, I don't know. Either they didn't want to hear it or it just went right over their head. And I don't want to dwell on that, but if I say any more, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about, who I'm talking about, but, you know, things just go over their head or they want to rewrite their own history.
0: And it's interesting to me, yeah, rewriting your own history, exactly. And that that's probably the part about Pawpaw's death that I can't, I can't quite let go of. I've let go of everything else, but I can't let go of the stories that certain people are probably telling to this day that are just not factual. Um, But it's interesting what you become, because I've always said I was the accidental podcaster because you just fall into it. I think we have as a family and as a whole have fallen into accidentally being very good at dealing with death in a lot of ways, if not if not dealing with it, knowing what all the nuances look like of it,
2: you are exactly right. And again, I think some things just go right over their head, or they really are just rewriting their history because the things that they're telling is not correct. And I have,
0: and the thing about that is, if anybody ever does hear that, and The people who we are talking about in vague terms will know exactly it's about them. If they ever hear it, doubt they will, because I know for a fact they don't listen to the show. If they did, they'd already be calling me and be like, hello. Um, But that's the thing. You don't have to worry about them hearing it because this is your truth. And it's like, you you can disagree with me all you want, but this is my truth you disagreeing with me is not going to change my mind or my heart about what happened. So until you can listen to what my grievances are, because that's, that's something that I'm, that I'm kind of realizing in the moment. And that's what I do with these shows where I talk about therapy or I talk about grief. I'm realizing things in the midst of this conversation right now. And it's, there's it's never just mourning the person who died there's just always it for my experience it just there's always something else that came up that was just brought straight out of the depths of your gut you know
2: and i think there's always one or two or a few in the family that you know it just causes an uproar for the family during the grief during any time and like i said if they ever listen to it, they don't know what I'm talking about because mm-hmm. they were told specifics when your dad died, and it didn't happen that way.
0: Well, I'm going to go ahead and say it because this is my grief to hold. We called in the family on dad, and we specifically told certain people not to show up. Specifically said, we, we gave a guest list, and right. certain people weren't on it. And they showed up anyway. And not only they showed up, they saw themselves into a room in this house where the door was shut. And I said right away, if I would known I would have done something because there are certain people who have license to open a shut door in a house and certain people don't have that license. But, you know, I'll say for me personally, um, this particular grief space with just dad you, again, going back to what you said, ain't Sandra, about bringing you closer together or tearing you apart. I've only had mostly, um, the, I've only had bringing us close together in my sense. Because like I said, I feel closer to you having been in that last week of dad's life with you there like she would, mom would say, ain't Sandra might come spend the night this night or that night or whatever. And I just, I found myself hoping and praying you would, because it just gave me such comfort to have you here. And like I said, like we were talking about with my pain with my partner and everything, I felt everybody rallied around me to just be like, it's okay because love is love, Uh you know, and that, you know, Opinions are semantics, and we don't have to have any of those today. We're here with you for that. You know, it just—if I felt like this building up of just love around all of this, so.
2: Well, that's
1: the way I felt, and if they didn't feel that, then they didn't need to be here,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and they didn't need to be there uh, at the viewing or the funeral. That's—it's it, not about them. Mm-hmm. This is about him and his. This was about Larry and his family. Yeah. I I wanted to be there for sis, you, and Megan, and and Megan's children, Koi and Eden, Uh, because I know Wanda loves them just like they're her own, and I know Larry did too. And that makes it, to me, it's like I don't care what
0: anybody else thinks. And that's what, I mean, I don't either. I don't, but I have that specifically for when it just involves me. You know what I mean? Like, I I don't want, I, I think about hurting my family with anything I choose to do. And, you know, and I'm a pretty political person and things that I choose to say, there's things that I just will let it go to people and, you know stuff but I I mean I think I like I said I think I get that from you 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 realize there's freedom in just living the life that you actually want and you know but I think you have always you've always had this sense I don't know where do you think it comes from This sense of responsibility for everyone
2: I'm not sure what you're talking about sense of responsibility
0: I just mean when there's a peacekeeper to be to be appointed it was always you And when it was when there was, you know, someone to make the final decision in a group of family members like that, it was always you. Where do you do? Where do you think that's rooted?
2: Well, I was the oldest in the family and I don't know, it just I guess it come natural. I thought I had to be the strong one of the family and always have been up until this time. And then my sister said, you don't have to be strong let it go and you and megan said don't you don't have to be the strong one in this case let it go let us help you and so i did and it helped
0: you feel like that helped to just be emotional and just do whatever you want
2: yes it did and y'all three and of course jane and Kay, they you know y'all more than the others you and sandra and megan and a few of the others he said, you don't have to be the strong one now. Let us help you. Danny, Kathy, Wes, you and Sandra, Megan. Y'all said, don't, you don't have to be the strong one now. And so I let go and let y'all help me make some decisions. And I did it and I don't regret one bit, like for instance, bringing him home. You know, I had this on my mind, that on my mind, torn what to do. And so I finally decided to bring your daddy home. and." they said don't worry about worry about snakes you made a decision and it was the right one
0: i think i have a reputation now for being a jerk <laughs> a little bit because i i'll tell somebody to shut up real quick <laughs> you know i you know there were some people <laughs> that didn't didn't make you feel guilty but said some things that could lead to a guilt space over decisions that you made and i told everybody real quick i said uh If there's anything that's said that will even lead to my mother remotely feeling guilty about anything that was said, I said they'll be dealing with me instantly. Be dealing with me. me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. I heard. So you yelled at somebody on the phone the day after he died. (laughs) Do you remember that? (laughs) Look at her mouth and who? Like (laughs) we don't got to say the name. It was just funny because somebody called. And I, kn- I, don't oh, even, yes, I don't even yes, know why, I don't even know I don't know why I even thought because you know I kind of know everybody I like I again licensed to open a closed door in this house
1: yeah well th- this one didn't matter anymore
0: anyway. exactly there were some <laughs> people that like when they call on the day after dad dies I should get the phone to mom like Danny or you or you know whatever Danny wants to talk to his sister that he gets to talk to his sister and this person just I should have known she's not available right now but I went in there and I said mom it's so and so they want to know if you want to talk and you said well you tell her we are busy right now
1: <laughs> I remember <laughs> I said, he was going through papers cut down. and I'm like well, who get <laughs> in the car drive down here don't be calling people are mourning and grieving and trying to do life insurance papers and mm-hmm. planning funerals and I'm like just tell her we don't have time for this right now um <laughs> And I and don't regret that. I'll tell it to her And face. that's what
0: I mean. Like, I don't regret saying, if anybody makes her feel guilty about anything, they'll be dealing with me, and I'll say what I want to say. And and I, I brought a whole box of stuff I'm not going to touch. And that's what I said. I said, I got a box of stuff I won't touch. But the second you start touching it, I'm going to touch it too. And that's and, why <laughs> I told her, you
1: don't have to be the strong one mm-hmm. now. Let somebody else handle it. Let somebody else I yell at your friend. I that
0: one.
2: <laughs> well, and y'all did. Y'all took care of it. Well,
0: and that's what I have to tell people, and I think I have a reputation that I come here with an ax to grind every time, but I'm just like, well, don't act a fool. If you'll stop acting a fool, I'll stop making you feel like you've acted a fool, okay? (laughs) Don't act stupid, and you won't be called stupid. Right, exactly. Well, I mean, it's because like I said, I'm just having this conversation, and as it comes out, I'm realizing more and more. So I'm realizing that it... For me, it helps to just talk about it, to just talk to bring up Derek who died in ninety four, and Papa who died in nine in two thousand eleven, and Mama who died in nineteen seventy eight. You know, right? It it just helps to to know what you, to relive what you've learned and what you know about life because I think I mean, would you agree that the grieving space teaches you a lot about yourself?
2: Yes, I do. For instance, when Our mother passed away, and then Daddy got remarried. I felt bad talking about our mother, and I thought, you know, that was our mother. I'll talk about it if I want to talk about her. That's our mother, and it helps to talk about her. So I just started talking about her.
0: Yeah, and that—I mean, that's that—and that's what they say. That's how you you keep those memories right there, and you keep them right at your heart and and stuff. So, well, I just—I want to. I mean, I don't know, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you just being a, a strong space, Aunt Sandra, in our family for all this grieving that we've been doing lately. She was there for me
1: when Derek died. It, you know, and now I want to be here for her and you and Megan and even Koi Needham, you know. is Let us be here for you. Let us be the strong ones, you know, and the friends and the other part of the family most of them, <laughs> but you know, you're not alone. That's what you need to know. I'm not alone. And like she said, I'll know when I talk to her. If she don't want to talk, then I'll say, "Okay, sis, I'll talk to you tomorrow or I'll talk to you later on tonight." Yeah. So, it, it, it you go through different periods. Psalm is anger. You question mm-hmm. God. They tell you not to, but that's impossible.
0: That's impossible. But it
1: passes. You know, there's different stages. So you go through all these crying periods. And I, like I said, I probably cried enough tears in the first six months to float Noah's Ark. Yeah. But, you know, time heals. and But you don't always have to be strong. Count on other people.
0: Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. I, I've been talking a lot to Ethan about that, about how I've told him, I said, I'm going to need you to do some research on grief. And know how, you know, what they know for sure is the stages and how it could manifest and everything. Because I said, you're going to be my, you're going to be a partner in this, in grief. I said, because when I get home, I'm going to need help. I'm going to need help keeping it all together and keeping, you know, my stuff running, my shows, my this, my that. Um, It seems to me like Sandra is going to be your grief partner in a lot of ways. I mean, is there anything you want to say to your grief partner?
2: (laughs) Yes, she will be my grief partner and... I don't have to tell her. I mean, I don't have to tell her what kind of mood I'm in. Just me and her both know. If I call her and she's kind of quiet and don't say nothing much, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow, sis. And she's going to know. Like she, I won't have to tell her. She'll know that I'm going through one of the processes of grieving. I won't even have to tell her. And to be that close and know without even talking and telling each other That's a close bond.
0: Well, and I I just, again, it occurred to me just now, she was probably, I mean, because you had a husband who you eventually divorced, mom was probably a stronger grief partner for you than anybody else when your son died. And when when your husband, or when your dad died, and when your mom died, you have been each other's grief partners every time. Right. So... I mean, cause I mean, because it, and it's, here. and even if the marriage is great, even if your marriage is great, it, sometimes that's just not what you need from your spouse. You need it from your sister or your best friend or whatever you're great. It's not, it's not a testament to your marriage that mom was your grief partner. You just, y'all know, y'all've got that shorthand right away. How to, how to grieve. So.
1: And my, and we was still, we was living down here, you know, and. I don't think he. I don't think he even knew how mm-hmm. to mourn. I, I don't. I'm. I'm not sure if he knew any of the process that I was going through. Yeah. You know, and that made it hard for me. And that's why she was my grief partner.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a that's a a phrase that I just made up. I don't know if this is. truly you know like I don't want people to be here in the show and think what is he talking about grief partner that's not in psychology well I made it up I just knew that I would need somebody to be my ride or die who can just you know if I say kill this person you kill him and then ask questions later (laughs) you know (laughs) or whatever the case may be you know Uh, so and that's you know or just hold me or just tell somebody to go to hell yeah for me and you just go tell them to go to hell and then you say why did I tell them to go to hell (laughs) <laughs> just if just whenever you whenever you're ready for to tell me the story, I've already done it. They know they're they're in hell now that you you've sent them there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever the case may be, that that person who will just
1: let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll do this quick because I know we're running out of time. <laughs> we was standing right here when Larry passed away, mm-hmm. uh, and Donnie. Well, this was who is boy. your stepmom? Da- yes. Uh. Well, that's not what I, I guess I didn't call her that because I was already married. But anyway, she said, you know, you and uh, Wanda are more like twins than me and my sister Velma, and they are twins. Mm-hmm. She said, y'all know what each other's thinking, y'all know what each other's feeling. And she said, do you know how long it's been since I even talked to her or seen her? And I'm like, well, I might not see my sister that much, but I mean, I have here lately, but... We talk nearly every day. Every day. That's just, and if we don't, then okay, she must have had a bad day or something's going on, you know, and I'll text her something going on I need to know about. Or, Are you okay? We always, you know, if we go one day, then we get it figured out real quick. Mm-hmm. But that's just how close our bond is, and till the day I take my last breath, I'll be there for her. It'll always be that way, and I'll always have her back, and I'll fight, come hell or high water for her. Don't matter
2: who it is. And that's exactly the way I feel about her. Even before Larry got real bad, she spent the night here, and I could go in my bedroom and sleep, knowing that she'd take care of him, just like I would. And she did. She took care of him just like I would, and I could sleep good.
1: And that gives me peace and comfort, knowing that I could do that, and she knew had enough faith in me to know, you know, deep down in her heart, and deep that as deep as it can go, that I would do that
2: for her.
0: And that's that's something I was saying to her the other day. I said, she said, because she because everybody's been worried about her staying alone, staying alone, staying alone because she's never lived alone ever, really. I mean, she's been alone since. Uh, Dad was in the hospital, but she's never like owned a house by herself or just lived in a space, you know, designated by herself. And right. people are worried about that. And she said, "I don't know why everybody's just worried." She said, "Sandra's worried that everybody's worried about me." And I said, "Well, I, some people, and i probably you. That's how you grieve through service, through service to the to others, and you know, it helps you to grieve to know you're taking care of her in a lot of ways too." so
1: yeah and it's not as like her being alone it's not that it's just that i want to know if okay you are you okay today sis uh tomorrow i'll ask you the same question are you okay did you have a good night are you having a good day and it's not like i worry so much about her being alone it's just the deep love i have for her to know that are you okay today Yeah. Because, like I said, one day at a time.
2: Yeah, you're exactly right about that. And I know if I pick up the phone and say, sis, I'm having a bad day, will you come down here and stay with me? Won't hesitate to get in the car and come down here.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I didn't realize that that's what this episode was going to be about. But, I mean, just having a partner to grieve with and help you to grieve, that's... And if you don't have that... You need to find one,
1: mm-hmm. because that's why I went to group therapy. Even though she was there with me, personally. well, there was just no way
0: she could have. There was things about that. There's no way she could have spoken on for you,
1: right? Yeah. Now, as far as group therapy, yeah, you know, I needed to know that I wasn't the only one that ever lost a child. Yeah, and even though she had
0: miscarried, that's. But you, but that the, there's a lack of personality and a lack of of history. You know, you knew Derek's personality. You knew his history. You knew that he was the valedictorian of a senior class. There was all these facts about him that lived and breathed and were real that you had that you don't get that when you have a miscarriage. Uh,
1: Well, and even C.S. knew that. Yeah. She knew that about him. She probably loved him, I don't know, if not as much, almost as much as I did. Yeah. She babysat him. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know. She just I don't know, we just same like we had two two hearts combined in one, yeah <laughs> that's just uh, this is how much love we have for well, each other, and she agrees. I hurt for her, she hurt for me, mm-hmm. and that's the way it should be. You have to have somebody to help you,
0: yeah, you know, well, and that's what helps me, and this is a great place to just end it right there because that's why it helps me go back to California, knowing that she's got you and she's got you know. Because I, I know that my, my sister's here, and I know that my sister takes care of her and everything, but there's just that that person, that person that is just ride or die, <laughs> you right. know? So and that helps funny. me to go back to California.
1: Well, I'm glad it does. I mean, I'm, I'm glad it is helping you, and it'll always be that way, so you will never have to worry about that.
0: Well, my only, I got homework for y'all. Get in the car and come see me.
2: Well, once things are all settled and done, said and done, I plan on not just staying here. I plan on doing some things that I put on hold to take care of him. And now he's not here. I plan on doing some of those things. And please don't feel guilty about it.
0: Not at don't all. Don't
1: ever feel guilty because you've done your part. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't want that.
0: No, he so, wouldn't. So,
1: you know, you got some life left, so get out and live it the best you can and... You know, it's going to take time, I know. But just, you know, a lot of
2: people sit down and they settle on and they give up. And Well, he was just that way. I mean, he went to California once, he went to New York once, and he said, you can go all you want to, but I'm not going back, but you go as many times as you please. He knew I would anyway, because he always said, (laughs) he always said, well, it won't do me any good to tell you something, because you're going to do what you want to do anyway. (laughs) He was very right.
0: Well, that's true. Well, thank y'all for coming on the show today. I mean, I, like I said, I, I've started doing this with this show, because this is just my space to share intimate conversations, funny conversations, or, you know, what have you, and, and, um. Yeah, this is what I'm going through. This is what my my people are going through is grief. So I wanted to do an episode about it and talk about it. And, you know, maybe it'll somebody's hearing it who, you know, who didn't know that group therapy was probably the best thing for losing a child and who didn't know that having that one person to just be there could help anybody grieve. You know, somebody going through it and that's what I was telling her while you were in the bathroom that We didn't, I didn't, like I was saying, I didn't mean to become a podcast host. I didn't mean to become somebody who just kept doing podcasts over and over, but it's just, it's what kept popping up in my life. And I said, we've become a family who can tell you a thing or two about losing some people. Right. And we didn't mean to do that. And it was not the path we would have chosen. But now that we're here, we can tell you a thing or two. (laughs) Love you. Love you. Love you, Auntie. Love you. Love you, sis.
2: Love you more than you'll ever know. Here, right back at you.